Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Well, thank you for listening to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, the ministry resource of Journey Church International. My name is Ryan, and uh, I'm on the ministry team here at Journey, and get the pleasure to host with Pastor Christian each week. This Sunday was message three of a four uh, four week series titled Christmas at Journey, and we're in John chapter one, and uh, the message is titled Jesus at the Center. Uh, I'd like to welcome all of you that are listening to us today from wherever you're at. Uh, it's awesome to see people from all over the country listening, and we're glad you found it. We hope we can be an encouragement uh, encouragement to you as you listen. Uh, Pastor Christian, we we dedicated our new building and new worship center uh, on Wednesday night. And as I just reflected myself, what what from that night will be your greatest memory? So I think I'm still collecting and creating memories, honestly, um, from the evening. It it was a surreal experience. I mean, to, to be honest with you, um, this I mean, the service was just incredible. The spirit of worship, our worship team, uh, Pastor Daniel's message. I mean, everything was so good. I think for me... Um, seeing people together before the service and then after the service and the after party. I mean, walking out into the atrium and seeing our people hanging out with each other in our church, like sitting in chairs with space. I just thought, man, it's, it's been a really, really long time since uh, our, our congregation has been able to be together unrushed in good space and I and I feel like you know we we talked in last week's message about the second day of creation, how God separated the waters above from the waters below, so there would be a place to to be. And we talked about how in heaven it's a place where God's people are with God. We've not really had a place for God's people to be with God's people at our church. I mean, we've been having services on Sunday. But it's got to be almost perfect weather and like don't get hit in the parking lot for people to like have a place to be together. I feel like what this building project has allowed us to do more than anything. And I say this in my message Sunday. What happens in the room is not, like is not going to change. Like we're going to worship. We're going to celebrate Jesus. We're going to glorify God. We're going to open our Bibles. We're going to learn. Nothing will change from the first kick of the drum to the final amen. But what happens before that and after that is going to allow us to have church. And so I think for me that that will be the focal point of last night, just seeing the excitement of people being with people, which was awesome. Um, I think another thing, uh, very unintentionally, uh, like super unintentionally, as I scrolled through a lot of uh, social media stuff with Danielle, she was just showing me what a lot of people had posted Kind of the the unofficial um, and very unintentional hashtag of the night was it's all about Jesus, and that's what like that's what we've desired for our church to be. That's what we put on the wall of our church. But I think that f- that final song when we just kept repeating the phrase like like it's all about you, Jesus. Like somehow that caught, and I think what people are going to remember from last night. When they think about the building dedication, they're going to remember the phrase, like, that's all about Jesus. And if that is the reality, unintentional or not, then, like, that was a huge win. Because it is. Like, it's it's all about Jesus. Uh, and I love that 
so many of the hashtags and taglines and comments that I saw online uh, did not say the name Journey. They said the name Jesus. And that's the only name Acts four twelve says that men can be saved by. So that's a that's a that's a pretty good night when everyone leaves thinking about and talking about Jesus. You know, for me, when I uh, when Pastor Daniel had everyone stand who'd been impacted, who Jesus yeah. had done something significant in their life, and uh, yeah. and to stand up myself, but then my wife stands up, my four kids stands up, and then seventy five percent of the audience stands up it was pretty incredible. Yeah, so really, really nice. Uh, a nice part of the night, and and I I think I cried seven, ten different times. You know, <laughs> right? I just thought I had Kleenex on me just in case. Um, it was re- yeah, it's really incredible. Right, and to show you to show you a little bit of internal spiritual warfare. So I like I didn't I didn't even turn around to capture that moment. Um, and as much as I would like it to you know to to be out of humility. Uh, I don't think it was that like when he began to frame that question, like to just show you real time spiritual work, like the devil immediately began to whisper in my heart, like, what if no one stands up? And literally, as he was framing that, I thought, oh, no, he's going to ask people to stand if their life has been changed. I thought, what if no one stands up? What if like he's going to he's going to expose what we are? Um, So even fighting through that fear, it was like I was paralyzed in in that moment of faith, I was paralyzed in fear of, you know, like has has God been working in our church? Has God done anything in our church? Because you and I both know um, a lot of the feedback we get is is of the negative kind, not the positive kind. And it is we we hear a lot more stories about God not working than God working. Um, and sometimes, man, that you just don't even realize how loudly those echo in your heart and in your head until moments like that. Uh, so I think just the sheer, the sheer moment of being overwhelmed when he's like seventy five percent of the room is standing. It's like, okay, thank you, Jesus. Like in my spirit, you know, I hope and I believe and I pray and I trust that you're working because Scripture says, like, if you do ministry, God works. I mean, we, we handed out the packet of seeds. Like whether we are awake or asleep, God's working. Um, you know, but in but but the devil just whispers in your heart like this just isn't. Uh, this this just it's not worth you know not, nothing's happening here so it was that was, it was a, a weird moment that because this podcast is a is a is about behind the scenes that was a little behind the scenes moment of my faith um, that it was a just a cool moment I guess maybe to struggle through last night to walk through the fear and then and then to realize again yeah God's he's been working uh, and he'll he'll continue to because that's that's what he does not because of journey but because of Jesus yeah Amen yeah it was really powerful and I echo that. As a guy who's ministering here, hoping we've had an impact for Jesus, that right. same thought. I knew, I knew it, it was true for me. Right, but I, I didn't want to be the only one. <laughs> <laughs> right, I would have, I would have applauded for you, even if you were. I appreciate that. Even if you ever walk up on the stage at the wrong moment, I was waiting like, for that. Yeah, but like before the song is over or as the next song that's begins, never happened before. even yeah even then even then again. i will even then i will applaud for you appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> all right to to start the message um you re, uh, reiterate the term glory and you show two graphs demonstrating the concepts of glory can you explain these briefly for our listeners yeah so we talked about um the near exclusive terms so, again, the Bible was not written in English. The original autographs, which means the ones that 
the authors of Scripture put pen to paper. Uh, the Hebrew Bible, which is the first 39 books of the, of the, of the Christian Bible, uh, we call it the Old Testament, was written almost exclusively in Hebrew, a little bit of Aramaic in, uh, in Daniel. Um, and then the New Testament was written in Koine Greek. So neither one of them written in English. So we've got this English word glory that uh, more than a dozen Hebrew words can be translated into English glory. Uh, more than a dozen English words can be translated, or more than a dozen Greek words can be translated glory into English. So a lot of times when you see a word, you're like, well, what, what, does, that re- what does that really mean? If it can mean 15 different things, does it mean anything? And we looked at the primary but almost exclusive Hebrew and Greek words used for glory, kabod in the Hebrew, doxa in the Greek. And when you look at that, like, you know what the Bible means by glory when 95 plus percent of the time it's used, it really can only be translated two things, heaviness or weight or like, or like praise and boast. Uh, so glory means things you feel deeply and things that matter deeply. Like that, 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 that's what glory means. So when we talk about the glory of God, it's something that we want to feel deeply, but it's also understanding what matters to God. And in Jesus, you not only feel the full weight of God's love, the, the heaviness um, of how much he cares about you, but you see how much you matter to him. So I think looking at those two words just allowed us to really define and see a picture, not of a chart, but of of the glory of God, which is most fully revealed in Jesus and what he did for us. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I know that that's a really important concept that people sometimes struggle to understand. That we, we throw it around a lot, Yeah, but it has a deep meaning. It does. Yeah, it, it is. Again, it's it's one of it's one of my tattoo words like don't have any tattoos. If I if I had only three, it would be the Hebrew word for glory. Probably probably my favorite um, Shabbat, the Hebrew word for Shabbat or rest, mm-hmm. Sabbath rest. Uh, and then one we just added in the last few weeks, Jubilee. Yeah. Um, yeah, which would be a weird tattoo to have, but it's a, you know, it's a, a good, a good concept. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> You'd have to like, write it in a different language. Yeah. Than people English. like Jubilee. What, what? <laughs> <laughs> Is that his nickname? Yeah. Yeah. She's my niece. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the deity of Jesus has been our focus in, in John chapter one, right? The word of God, the light of God and the dwelling of God. This week we're, we're focusing on the dwelling of God. And, and point number one is the purpose of the glory of the tabernacle and you show a picture of the tabernacle at Mount Sinai. And I have to tell you, this picture is amazing. It's, it's an amazing picture. I mean, to, to have physically in person see that is just unbelievable. Can you verbally kind of paint a picture of what we're seeing in this Old Testament view of God's presence with the Israelites? Yeah, so that comes from Rose's book of publishing and graphs. Do you have any of those? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so they have like five volumes that are incredible. And this is, I think, the greatest picture they've ever produced. Because for those of you who weren't able to see it, one, you need to go back and listen to the message or watch the message on YouTube or on our website so that you can see it. But it's a picture of what it may have looked like to see hundreds of thousands of tents, uh, you know, with a million or more Israelite uh, people camping in the desert along this 40 year journey. And literally what, you know, if you would ever think, what does a pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire look like? It said that God was visible in a pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire. What could that have possibly look like what do what do what's an organized what's a picture of a million people into organized divisions camping in the desert look like Uh, to see that picture is incredible 
in that in in Ryan that picture that picture is what the people of Israel tried to reproduce every day in their daily life meaning this so the the uh the altar of sacrifice and offerings that would be lit every morning and every evening in Jerusalem when they finally built the temple it represented that picture there was this thought that if you if you and I during the days of Jesus were walking around the streets of Jerusalem we would glance towards the temple at the top of the hill and there would be a pillar of smoke ascending all the time they always kept the sacrifice burning because they wanted that they wanted the picture of a connection between heaven and earth and they thought a column of smoke could do that if if there's ever a fire uh, even somebody clear and brush in our world and we're driving down the street and y- like you can see it you can see the smoke billowing that is the thought that there's this connection between heaven and earth so even the 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 old testament tabern- tabernacle and the temple of jesus day were were to symbolize heaven is connected to earth it was the pillar of fire pillar of cloud so that picture is what it might look like to visibly see god connected to humanity and John says, that's what Jesus is. Jesus is the picture of God connected to humanity. So the picture is a wonderful picture. Until you realize later in the message that the only thing better than that picture would be if every tent had their own pillar. And the only thing better than that would be if every person in every tent had their own pillar. What would that look like? That's what it looks like. That's what the church should look like. Every person connected to heaven all day, every day through Jesus. That's how the world should see us. We got some work to do in that area. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, what an incredible, and I encourage you definitely to, to go online and watch that, to get a copy of that. If you'd like to study the Bible, it's a, a really great tool. Uh, the second point was the purpose of Jesus as God's dwelling among us. And you discuss Jesus as the better tabernacle. And you list two primary things that make Jesus a better tabernacle. Can you unpack those two for us? Yeah, so the purpose of the tabernacle was to visibly show the people of Israel God was with them and guiding them and to convince them that they mattered. So like every morning, you know, you you go to bed like we do so often, thinking, is God aware of this and does God care? And then you walk out in the morning and bang, there he is. It's like, yep, still here, still cares. So the purpose of the tabernacle, convince people God's with you, he's guiding you, is because he cares about you. John says Jesus is a better tabernacle because he because he does that too. The life and ministry, death and resurrection of Jesus convince you uh, that God is with you and he's guiding you. You can trust his word because of how he lived his life and sacrificed for you. And what he did on the cross has to convince you that he cares about you. Like if he would do that for you, you have to know that you matter to him. So I think understanding purpose of the tabernacle is these two things. It's the exact same purpose of Jesus, but he does them better and he does them eternally. Uh, I think that that is the point of this message. When you understand the glory of the tabernacle, it's very easy to say, oh, Jesus did that, and he does it better. Jesus is better. That's kind of the point of this message. Jesus is better. Yeah, no, thanks for thanks for unpacking that for us. Um, th- through the discipleship track, it's our desire that people would would learn to know and walk with Jesus daily, and that's that's a big reason you give daily reflections yeah. in your messages at the end. Uh, for people to take home with him. And this uh, this week, one of the days, the key verse was Acts fifteen eleven. 
It says, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved just as they are. And the, the key reflection was our salvation is a gift from Jesus, not something that we can that we have to earn. When you consider any and all of the spiritual ways that you've failed in your life, how does this make you feel about Jesus was kind of that question. So I wanted to ask you that. You know, as I was prayer walking this week, you know, heading heading into uh, the dedication service, I was just trying to process my, my emotions uh, with Jesus spiritually. You know, one of my counselors, Rick Pierce, has taught me, you know, it's not what you're going through, but how you're feeling and then being able to state how you feel that begin like, like that begins to help you process things. So I often will, you know, as I, as I prayer walk and kind of a wooded area behind my house, I'll just try to talk about how I'm feeling. And as we approach the service, I was trying to put into context, like, okay, how am I feeling today? And there was anticipation. There was excitement. There was fear. There was a tremendous dependence and reliance upon Jesus. So like when you ask this question, I start thinking about, okay, how, like, how do I feel about Jesus being the person who's solely responsible for, um, my salvation? And as I just, as I like, as I try to answer that question through my feelings, first, I feel ashamed, um, that he has to do it. I'd like to be able to, but I can't. I have some really, really good days, but those, but they just, I can't tie enough of them together to, to be perfect for the rest of my life. So like there's, there's this shame in the reality that I can't, I can't do it. I want to, but I can't. Um, but that autumn, that, that, that ultimately makes me feel a little vulnerable. So there's shame in that what Jesus want, would want me to be, I can't, which makes me feel a little vulnerable. Um, which make, which makes me be dependent. That means I'm dependent on somebody else. But then that dependency, when I begin to realize who the dependency is on and what he's offering and how it makes him feel, then I begin to, then I begin to feel um, comfort and I begin to feel gratitude and I begin to feel intimacy. I feel a closeness with, um, then I begin to feel security. I feel safe. And eventually I get to the point where, where I, where I feel like praise. Like I feel, I just, like after you process all of that and go through, I feel freedom. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I just want to praise God for the freedom that he's given me. I don't take it as a license. I feel, I feel the weight of what I've done and how much I failed and how much I need him. But I also feel the weight of what he's done for me. And it just, it births a freedom in me that can only respond in, in praise and thanksgiving for who he is and what he's done for me. And that's probably, I mean, that's probably a deep dive into my emotions in a very small amount of time. But I think that constantly is, is, is my process of walking through. Okay. I'm going to like, I'm going to need Jesus again today because yesterday I probably was less than he would have been. So I'm ashamed again. You know, I'm very vulnerable again. Um, I'm very dependable, uh, very dependent again. Um, but then I work my way right through, um, but the grace and the truth of who he is, I can, it's okay. And I can rest in that and I can actually enjoy that. And I can feel safe in that and I can be secure in that. And it's really, I, I can feel very, very loved through that, which makes me feel very, very close to Jesus, which, you know, makes, makes me feel free, um, which makes me want to praise. Yeah. Well, thanks for being transparent. I know, I think our people and our listeners appreciate the fact that you're not afraid to kind of share your real person. And, and these are battles you have and, 
And these are real questions and things you, you ask God to help you with. Yeah. Yeah. Last question. As, as always, it's, we, we want to try to help people take what they've learned and share it with someone else, how they can become a disciple maker. So from this message, what, what would you want our audience to share with someone else? Two things. Uh, one, it's very clear to see that you matter to God if you can see Jesus. See, it was easy for the Israelites to know they mattered to God because they could they could with their eye like they could with their eyeballs they could see the cloud of fire and the cloud of um, the, the the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire every day. And Ryan, it is um, it is possible to see Jesus that clearly, but only if you study the scriptures and you look for Him. There are a lot of Christians, I think, who struggle to really believe they matter to God because they can't see Jesus every day because they're not looking at where he is. And I think that's why it's so important, as we talked about having Jesus at the center of your life and a plan to do that. Like, you have to be in Scripture every day. Like, you could you could you imagine if you're the people of Israel building a back door out your tent rather than a front door, and every morning walking out your back door looking up and thinking, I don't see God today. And it's like, well, you have to turn around. Like he's right there, but you <laughs> you have to turn around. There's a lot of Christians that right now are saying, I just can't see Jesus in my life, but they're walking out their back door of faith. They're not walking into the front door of scripture. So I would say two things. You matter to God. It's very clear when you see Jesus, but you can't see him unless you look for him and where you find him is in the scriptures. He is the word, scriptures, that became flesh and dwelt among us. So he's in your life but you find him in the scripture. So you want to see that you matter to God? Look at Jesus. Where you see Jesus? Look in scripture and do it. Do it every day. Don't, don't be a back door tent Christian walking out the back door of your tent saying, I don't see God today when he's right. He's right there. You got to look at, you got to look at where he is. So you matter to God. You'll see that if you see Jesus, but you won't see Jesus unless you're in the scriptures. So get in the scripture. Yeah. Great practical truth. And I know many people as they're getting ready to start the new year, we're, our hope for you is that you got a real desire to, to get in the Word and, and to stay consistent in 2022. So let that be a challenge from Pastor Christian that we know will bless you and encourage you. Pastor Christian, we're excited about our Christmas services this year. Yes. Five of them. We yes. want to invite you. Yeah, five, <laughs> 12 last year. Do five instead of 12. Yes. Yeah. If you are listening, we would love to have you come and be a part of it from wherever you're at. Uh, 7 p.m. on Wednesday, December 22nd. 7 p.m. on Wednesday, uh, December 23rd. And then 2, 4, and 6 p.m. on Friday, December 24th, Christmas Eve. So you can uh, go to, to register at uh, www.christmas.com at at christmas at jci.com we would love to have you come and be a part of that thank you for uh, uh, being with us today thank you for listening we're glad you've joined us as always if we can encourage you or ask uh, answer any questions you might have you can email us at activate at take the journey.cc otherwise we wish you a really merry christmas and we look forward to catching you next time on the activate podcast where we challenge you to build a faith that is active Thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. 
Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.